49ers victorious on Sunday night football, 22-16 over the Los Angeles Chargers. A lot to get into in this game. It was a really good game. It was a close game and so many integral plays, so many really important plays that happened in this game. So we've got to cover all of it on today's Rapid React episode of Locked On 49ers coming at you right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock alongside Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on that entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Croc 2216. There were fourth downs, there were big time third down plays, they were, there were tons of um defensive stops in this game there were big plays it was like man i felt like every third down in the second half was like oh man this is a huge play in the game and then the next third down was like oh this is an even bigger third down and in the end the 49ers came out on top and uh like i i want to pat myself on the back because in our predictions it's like okay take the under right niners win by four take the under and that was a pretty good prediction of this game but after the first couple series, the game was like, oh, my God, I should have taken the way over. What is going on right yeah. now? The 49ers defense was smothering after that first series. So shout out to D'Amico Ryan's of the 49ers defense for the way they responded after what seems like now, looking back, maybe a little bit of a, a post by uh, sleepiness that they were in to start the game. I And obviously right away, there were some big throws that Justin Herbert made. And I'm like, oh, he's coming out. He's firing. He looks like he's dialed in. But also... You know, whether it was a blocked punt on special teams, you had the fumble by Brandon Ayuk. I think there were some things where, you know, the special teams in the offense kind of let the Chargers have that great field position starting two times inside 49ers territory. And the defense saying, hold on, I know we started off slow on that first drive, but after that we're only going to allow two field goals on those drives right there. And um, ultimately, what, three field goals overall. So uh, the defense – did come out slow on that first drive. I thought after that, they responded extremely well. George said, Elijah Mitchell said, Christian McCaffrey, who? I, I thought that was pretty interesting, Croc. Did you think that? I, I was a little bit surprised. The, the last two series, Elijah Mitchell coming off of IR was treated as the main back when the 49ers were trying to close out that game with the lead at the end and McCaffrey was in and out of the game and, you know, doing third down stuff. But it was as the main back, it was Elijah Mitchell. And I do want to shout out, hold on, I think I saved the tweet. Uh, and, and I tweeted about this during the game. And I believe it was George, oh no, David, David Cochran, uh, who is a reporter, a Canadian reporter for CBC News. And his response <laughs> to that when I said that, um, you know, it was interesting that, that Elijah Mitchell was closing out the game. David's response was, doesn't fumble, inflicts pain. And like etch that on Elijah Mitchell's tombstone when he dies, right? Because uh, I love that. And, and I love that Kyle Shanahan did exactly what we had talked about 
with keeping Christian McCaffrey fresh and not running him into the ground and utilizing both of his running backs and Debo out of the backfield a little bit too. As, like, I don't know about the results, and, and I think the 49ers offense could have been a lot better in this game, but as far as running back usage and who's carrying the ball when, I thought that was a really nice mix by Kyle Shanahan in this game. Yeah, really nice mix. And you look at Elijah Mitchell's usage, 18 carries, 89 yards, almost five yards per carry. And I think some of that, some of his yards per attempt took a hit at the very end there, running the ball near the red zone. But he only had four more carries than Christian McCaffrey, even though when you watch the game, it felt like he had a lot more. McCaffrey, uh, I don't, I don't want to say he had a bad game, but maybe it wasn't blocked up as well for McCaffrey. Early on, he had some pretty good runs overall. 14 carries for 38 yards. That's less than three yards per carry. It did if you just looked at the game. And I'm not going to go there. I, I'm not going to go there. But if you just looked at the game and you didn't know who was who, you would say, I see why they're giving the ball to number 28 over and over and over. Or whatever number. Elijah 25. Like, 25. 25. Yeah. There we go. Um, I, I see why they're, you know, I'm thinking what, Trey Sermon or something, but I see why they're continuing to give the ball to number 25. He's running extremely well. I thought the vision was really good. Um, he was very patient. He was setting up his blockers. I thought he ran very well, and it was it was good to have him back. Shout out to the Talanoa Hufanga, Charles Aminahu, who combined to end the game that made a huge play with a minute left. And look, that's enough time in this league for a quarterback like Justin Herbert it, that game was not over down six for the chargers with a minute left. And it was Charles Amin who, who got through hit Justin Herbert's arm. He threw a, a duck and uh, we've seen it multiple times this year. Great hands, by the way. So look, Hey, some DBs do have good hands. Some of them do. Eric very, Crocker and Talanoa Hufanga. Very few. And I can think of two Eric Crocker <laughs> and Talanoa Hufanga that for sure have pure hands, but man, a uh, great catch by him scooping it. And he, he's, I don't even know what the numbers are. I know for sure he's leading the 49ers in interceptions. And uh, he's probably got to have more interceptions than anybody on the 49ers the last few years combined, right? Because that's where the 49ers have been a little bit lacking in the secondary is taking the ball away. Hufong is so good at, at, at putting his hands on the football. So uh, shout out to Charles Amenahu for making the big play at the end of the game, who's, who's really putting together a nice season especially with some of the problems the 49ers have had injury-wise on the interior of their defensive line. And Hufanga, who uh, got beat for a touchdown earlier in the game, comes back, seals it with the interception late. Yeah, and there looked to be some kind of mix-up. And for a guy who is very heady, right, you know, Talano Hufanga knows where he's supposed to be, plays fast, plays a step ahead. I think on that first drive, that touchdown, you see what happens when he's not playing a step ahead. Maybe he has to play something a little bit honest or a little confused. And then the lack of overall just, you know, elite athleticism kind of shows up where he really was about a step two steps away from being able to make a play on that ball, maybe a step. But overall, man, can't complain about anything from Hufunga. I know a lot of 49er fans have really been upset about the missed tackles. They bring that up a lot. But he's a guy that's going to make plays. And if you're telling me that, hey, you might miss a tackle here and there, but you're going to be around the ball consistently, man, I'll take the guy that's going to be around the ball. And I think Hufunga did a really good job of being Johnny on the spot, even with that last interception. Look, you never know what happened. Right, uh, and maybe the next play there's a big play down the sideline, or Herbert throws some strikes. You, you just don't know. So the fact that he plucked that ball out the air when it was inches away from hitting the ground to me, that's a really big play, even though there was no receiver in sight. And it looked like he was trying to hit a, a cover two hole shot 
to Pollard on that play. And he might've had him. I mean, that could have been a big, big first down throw. I don't know what that was going to look like if a man who doesn't hit yeah. his arm right there, maybe they're off and running. Right. And, and all of a sudden you get start, you start getting close to midfield and it's like, uh Oh, get a little tight on defense. And it starts to look like the first drive of the game there. So uh, nice for the 49ers to, to make some plays and you got to have playmakers that make plays. And if there's anything we've seen this year from Hufong, it's that he's a sinking playmaker. Absolutely. Um, I think it was Chaz here who says, that was an ugly win, but a W do a W is a W, and there was some ugliness to that win. You know, sixteen twenty two is a, is a funky score. I don't know if it was Scoregami, where it's the first time that that's ever been a, a final score in a game. But twenty two sixteen is not one of the numbers we throw out. Croc, we're like, hey, I think this game's going to end twenty two sixteen. You don't ever say that, right. right? It was a funky one, a lot of field goals, um, and a lot of big stops by the 49ers defense. It was a blocked extra point or just missed extra point away from. Uh, I think that's the reason why it looked as funny as it did, right? If it's 23-16, not as big of a deal. 22-16, oh, man, that sounds really weird. <laughs> I can't remember a 22-16 game. Four interceptions for Hufanga. Thank you, 49ers gang. Uh, that's awesome. Six. Yeah. Hey, he, he's entering uh, Deshaun Goldson territory now. Mm-hmm. Oh, he yeah, is. That was my yeah. guy. That was my guy. So he had what? He had six interceptions in one year, like four in another year. So... Uh, Deshaun Goldson, he was the guy that was definitely on the back end taking the ball away. That's where uh, Hufunga is headed right now. Hufunga's going to blow that away. Many seasons recently, the 49ers have had like one interception for, for a D, like each DB gets made. You get one per yeah. year. That's it. I, I think uh, Richard Sherman in the All Pro year might have had three. I mean, we're slightly over halfway through this season. And. You know, to have uh, four, that's pretty legit. I mean, how how many interceptions does Hufunga end up with? Seven. Seven? seven? Yeah. If I was a betting man, going by the numbers, I'd say seven. Yeah. Hoodie Croc in the house. For those of you listening uh, on the audio-only podcast, Crocker's got headphones on the outside of the hoodies, which is uh, which is unorthodox, I would say, but clearly he can hear me. So uh, I, I think swag level... On 11 right now for Crocky post game W. We're going up, man. Just, you know, excited about the win with the 49ers and, and just watching them. And they had to win because I was talking trash all day about all these other teams and the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, I took some shots at Green Bay, even though they ended up pulling it out. And I was like, okay, I've been running my mouth all day. 49ers got to come through for me. And, and they did. But I will say this, and a lot of good things to talk about. Uh, we haven't even mentioned that the 49ers defense did not give up a score, a point in the second half for the second straight week. I think that's, that's big, right? When you start talking about adjustments, that was a big thing. A lot of people want to know, where's the adjustments? Where's the second half adjustments? Who are they going in? Are they talking to guys? Whatever. Well, looks like there's been those adjustments over the second half the last couple of weeks. So that's been something that's definitely a lot better than what we saw against the Kansas City Chiefs, where – Second half was where the game kind of got away from the 49ers in that one. We got to give out some game balls in this one. A big W for the 49ers who improved to over 500 now at five and four after nine games in the 2022 season. Uh, I do want to address something here in the chat. Danny says Goldson should be in the Hall of Fame for the time he knocked out Thomas on the first drive of the playoff game versus the Saints. That was not Deshaun Goldson. Uh, that was actually Dante Whitner. That was Dante Hittner. Hittner. Whitner, by the way, I like him as an analyst. Whitner's, yeah. Whitner's my dude. I like Whitner. Talked to him a couple times on the radio uh, when he was filling in hosting at KMBR too. And uh, I like his analysis. 
uh, and his uh, his swag is on point too. I don't know if he goes headphones oh. over the hoodie, but he's he's dressed up when he gets on TV, man. Like he takes oh, it serious. He is. He, he's suited and booted, man. He he sets the standard <laughs> when he gets out there with them suits on and and uh, how he puts it together with the scarfs and all that. And uh, yep. he's holding it down for the ball headed brothers. Yeah, he'll throw it out on Ascot if he needs to. All right, here we go. Game ball's coming up. More on this game. Get into the chat a little bit. Uh, I've seen a little rumblings about Jimmy G in the chat, and I think that is hilarious because people do not even know how we feel about Jimmy Garoppolo, even to this day, Croc, after years and years of him as the quarterback for the 49ers. I'm always surprised about people, uh, how they uh, how they come at us about Jimmy G. It's super funny. So uh, next, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan are the biggest topics, I think, coming up, plus game balls. For week 10. This holiday, find what you love at Total Wine and More. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide. And by the way, you know, a lot of people do the bourbon thing. I'm a rye whiskey guy myself. In fact, tonight I'm doing the Boulevardier with rye whiskey. Uh, if you're maybe a Negroni fan, uh, man, Negroni, let's let's just go down this rabbit hole while we're here. Total Wine and More, buy three bottles. You will knock out amazing cocktails for this holiday. You get some gin, you get some Campari, and you get some sweet vermouth, and you're making Negronis. If you don't like gin, you go whiskey. This is a rye whiskey. It's called a Boulevardier. Same beverage. You go whiskey, Campari, and sweet vermouth. If you want to go mezcal maybe with it, you don't want gin or whiskey. You go mezcal. You do the Oaxacan Negroni. You go with the mezcal and the Campari and the sweet vermouth. It's fantastic. Three bottle cocktails. Uh, you can buy five bottles and make three different cocktails with all of those. And of course, the lowest price, find something special and go in there with confidence at Total Wine and More, knowing that you're going to find that special thing for somebody at the lowest price find what you love love what you find only at total wine and more curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas visit totalwine.com to learn more spirits not sold in virginia and north carolina drink responsibly and b21 thanks again everybody for making locked on 49ers your first listen today for your second listen today check out locked on sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, I think I saved it. I'm not sure if I saved it. I did not save it. So, earlier earlier on in the chat, someone said to something to the effect of, you guys hate giving Jimmy Garoppolo credit. And it's hilarious because when we give Jimmy Garoppolo credit, the chat will say, which is about which is going to happen. I bet it'll come through the chat right now because we're about to say Jimmy Garoppolo maybe deserves a game ball, right? Because Jimmy G played really good and he's been putting together good game after good game recently. Like if the 49ers lost this game, it wasn't going to be because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo played really good and people's ideas about Jimmy Garoppolo, about who gets credit when, uh, it's just such a weird thing that we deal with here on locked on 49ers and that i'm sure everybody who covers the 49ers deals with um and we are not pro jimmy we're not anti jimmy we are I, i've considered myself jimmy garoppolo agnostic like i just i'll tell you what it is i'll tell you what the score is with jimmy and jimmy's been playing some pretty good football he played good in this game yeah i thought he played well and i think he's stringing together games now where he's 
playing well, right? You're not seeing just the bad balls. Has, has he thrown an interception over the last two, three games? Maybe the Chiefs? Did he, throw one against the Chiefs? he did on the goal line against the Chiefs. Yep. Yeah, the, with, with, the one with McLeod got like McLeod, right. jumped over or whatever. McLeod, help a guy out, by the way. But the the throw from Jimmy G to McLeod in this game was probably his best throw, oh. right? A little bit right over the linebacker to McLeod streaking down the sideline. Beautiful throw. Like, that's – you love seeing that because Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't get credit for making great throws. That was a great throw. Those are the things I want to see from him, right? When there's not a play really there, you got to go out. You have to create. You got to make the play. That's a little different than what we've seen in the past. And when I say in the past, I mean just you know, this year, last year, whenever you want to think about it. But – kind of staying in the pocket, getting those happy feet. And, and I think he just, the longer plays are going on and he's in the pocket, he's just uncomfortable. But getting out on the move, I thought that looked really good. And he delivered a perfect ball, hit McLeod right in stride. That was the only reception of the day for Ray Ray McLeod. One catch, I believe it was 31 yards. But that was on the money. And those are the plays I would like to, I don't, think he has to do those plays all the time. You see some other quarterbacks that continue to make off-scripted plays, but can you give it to us here and there to where you're not truly holding the offense back? And I think that was a really good play. Absolutely, yeah. And um, with with Ray Ray McLeod, it, it seems like he's the one that's being pushed, pushed out usage-wise with the addition of Christian McCaffrey. With We saw a lot of, on third, when they go three wide, it was all Jawan Jennings in this game. In fact, that's the only play I can even think of when Ray Ray McLeod was in the game on offense. Uh, there's another guy that's targets are kind of low, and we'll see if it continues, but George Kittle, two targets, one catch. And Debo. Debo had six targets. Now, maybe there, there's a screen, maybe there's some passes that could you know, potentially been a throwaway. There was a couple times where he's like getting hit and he throws it in the area of Debo Samuel. But the just the real hit where I don't even know if they're looking for him is George Kittle. Now, what we can't see on the TV copy, are they bracketing George Kittle? Um, are they doing things to where you just, you know, they're showing you something so you just look a- away? Because I think a lot of people think when quarterbacks line up, right? You, you know the play call. Quarterbacks line up and they just are reading the full field. Really, though, a lot of times they'll come up to the line of scrimmage and they'll look and see what the defense dictates where they look. And it's like, okay, they're doing this over here. So I know I have this over here to the left. So their eyes go to the left and they never check backside. So uh, there could be some of that going on with whatever they're showing pre-snap. They could be potentially taking George Kittle away. I have to look at that. But it was just, you know, interesting to see him only get two targets. By the way, Ben in the chat says Jimmy G made a ton of third big third down throws and has a question if the 49ers win it all what happens next year let's just not even go that's that's just getting way too far ahead so i'm not even going to answer yeah. that one let's, let's calm down on that talk the 49ers just barely got over 500 let's 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 calm down on the super bowl talk and if the 49ers win a super bowl then we'll talk about what to do with jimmy garoppolo and uh, and um yeah that would be uh, an interesting conversation at that point red zones red zone struggles but the dub is a dub yet i've seen a lot of that jermaine you're right on there there were some red zone struggles the 49ers had some drives and and kind of petered out there uh, at the end of those drives, but had enough field goals, and, and that was enough to win, putting points on the board, which is key. So, um, you know, not turning the ball over a ton, aside from the, the fumble from Ayuk, but the defense holding strong after that. The defense holding strong after the blocked punt. So those are really important. A couple of bad punts from Wisnowski, but then just dropped one at the one at the end of the game, too. Clutch. So 
Good on yeah, Wiki. I'm pretty sure Wiki, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring that up. Yeah, on I, Wiki. I have one gripe with the offense. I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, kind of the, the red zone play calling and things like that. I'm not going to go too far into that. Brandon, now you dropped the ball on the one-yard line. Perfect throw by Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Maybe he was expecting Ayuk to sit a little bit more. Ayuk kind of kept going and ended up being kind of on the back shoulder a little bit more. But either way, you have to catch that pass. Great route. Great route. I, talk, I always talk about, hey, I want to see Ayuk beat man coverage. Well, he whooped man coverage ass on that play. Uh, terrific route that he ran. Actually, yeah. Croc, that reminds me. I want to ask you about that route. Because that's a, that was a kind of a long developing route for being red zone there. There's a little extra yeah. involved in that route. Is that a pre-planned thing? Because I know, like back in the day, Montana to Rice, there's not a ooh, I'm gonna go here, I'm gonna ooh, I'm gonna, you know, that's a seven on seven route. Rice is like, I'm gonna stick my foot in the ground, give you a little nod here, and I'm inside, right? So I'm wondering if timing might have been an issue on that. Maybe if if I did a little extra to uncover on that, and that threw off the timing to where the throw was kind of, um, or not not so much the, the, to change the throw as much as to change where the the linebacker was in the middle of the field to where you had to throw back shoulder or throw it behind him a little bit to keep him from getting killed over the middle of the field with the linebacker coming across uh you know i i think when they run a timing route the receivers run a timing route right like one two three foot in the ground get across right now they don't do all the extra stuff so the fact that he did that i think he knew he had time to set up whatever it was he was trying to do and it worked he was open he just dropped the ball so yeah. The red zone offense, I know somebody mentioned that early. Obviously, you want to see them get touchdowns there. They got touchdowns last week. This week, not as much touchdowns. We'll see next week, right? You want to see if you start to kind of see a trend there. But I'd expect the 49ers to kind of, you know, probably get back a little bit more closer to what you got, what you saw last week as opposed to this week. Not saying they're going to score every time. He's just not going to use the field goal kicker. But I, I, I'd assume uh, I, I wouldn't look too much into the red zone offense. Because if he, because if Ayuk doesn't drop that ball, then you're not talking about red zone play calling or anything like that, right? But my one gripe, I guess you could say, and I've talked about it before, and I was glad to hear Chris Collinsworth bring it up, but he was like, hey, man, I'm surprised they're not going hurry up offense. And I don't call it hurry up offense. I think hurry up offense, the end of the game, you're trying to hurry up, but just tempo where you just go a little bit faster. You, you know, you don't huddle up, you line up. They're missing a lot of guys. They're missing guys on the defensive line. They had some injuries there. Do some things to give your team a little bit more of an advantage. And it was like, man, the 49ers even had a delay a game. Hey, man, let's speed this up a little bit every once in a while. You got all these weapons. You have misdirections. Put that into your, um, you know, initial play script. Keep a team off balance with all the weapons you have. I, I feel like that's something you can use at your disposal. But uh, it's just not something that the 49ers do. And they just don't do it. So maybe I should just stop. Asking about it is not going to happen, but it was cool to hear Chris Collinsworth bring that up. Yeah, and we brought it up before. And just because they don't do it doesn't mean they shouldn't do it, Croc. So I'm with you on that 100%. 49ers Shaolin says, Kyle, play calling has been so suspect. I'm going to get in a little bit of that. Give out some game balls next. Shout out Wu-Tang, by the way, as well. Um, this episode is brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It is super simple. You know how easy it is? You can make entries in, in, in less than 60 seconds. It's that easy. You pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. So you want to play Monday Night Football. You go and you check out those project, projections. You say, I'm going 
more than these passing yards. I'm going less than these rushing yards. Boom, boom. You put it in and you are done. You're not drafting an entire team. You're not playing against a ton of other people. There's not some huge pool of sharks in the fantasy world that you're playing against. It's just you versus the projections available at prize picks. And by the way, we're talking about prize picks, projections, not just NFL either. College football, NBA, NHL, PGA, uh, combat sports, esports, boxing, MMA, NASCAR, you name it, you can find projections at Prize Picks, currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Kyle Shanahan, Croc, what do you think here? Um, Titan, the quiet boy, says Kyle begging the defense to get a win again, Niner gain. Uh, we saw. The 49er Shaolin earlier said Kyle play calling has been so suspect. Seen a ton of these. This is just a few of the, the, the that I've seen in the chat and tweets during the game about Kyle Shanahan's play calling in this game. Tony says Kyle Shanahan's too predictable. Run, run, pass. What do you think? I I don't think his play calling has been bad, but I think the way that he is calling the game, or at least the way the game is being executed, is it's making it harder on him. And I don't know if he's doing it intentionally, but where are the explosive plays, right? So everything is just, you know, bang, 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 right? Like they, the one, the one touchdown drive they had in the second half, I don't know how many plays that was, but that's almost how they always have to score. And that's hard to do it that way. You look at how the Chargers came out and scored early on. It was like, bing, bing, boom, right? And where are those plays for the 49ers? So I, I don't think that he's calling a bad game. I just think the execution has to be, your 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 room for error is so small because of the offense being so methodical, which goes back to can you speed it up sometimes and maybe that'll give you some of those bigger hitters, but they're missing those explosive plays, and I think that's what is kind of lacking through the eyes of the fans. You know, it's interesting, too, because there's so many playmakers on the 49ers offense, but you look at them, they go three wide. So you got Debo, Ayuk, George Kittle, Juwan Jennings, Christian McCaffrey, all on the field at the same time. You're like, okay. Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. That's a lot to work with. Kyle Juszczyk, right? It's a lot to work with. How many of those guys are plus players? Like one, one of the things you would say about them in their scouting report is like, they're really good at making plays down the field. Yeah. Right? Right. And it's not Jimmy Garoppolo's strength either. So it's like, hey, we got a whole bunch of this. Yeah. I like how you did this, right? And if you're <laughs> listening to the audio. He kind yeah. of put his hands together, kind of right. showing that you you work in a more yeah. of a condensed area because of these guys' skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, they have tried to stretch the field, right? We, we have seen them take a little bit more shots, but we haven't really seen them connect that way. And all those guys, and I and, and I say that you know maybe those guys aren't their their strength isn't going down the field. All those guys we've seen make big plays down the field. We've seen big plays from from George Kittle. You know we've seen big plays from 
from uh, Christian McCaffrey going up and make, making a catch. There was a really couple of nice catches in this game. They weren't downfield balls, but really nice catches. IU going up to get the ball. He fumbled after one of them. Uh, Debo, we've seen, you know, pull people's chains off their neck down the field a little bit, but most of it's running the catch type stuff with, yeah. with most of those guys. So that's the strength of the 49ers team. So probably shouldn't be surprising that they're not great still, even with all these playmakers at, at making big plays. And usually when it happens in Kyle Shanahan's offense, it's a design thing. And the guys doesn't have a, a defender within 20 yards of them. Right. And it's a full it, uh, tight end or something sneaking out. And there are different ways that you can do it. Right. I think everybody thinks like when vertically it's got to be a speedster. No, it can be Mike Williams, who's on the other side of the ball. But obviously he's out right now for this uh, Los Angeles Chargers. But Mike Williams, he's not a speedster. But every game that you watch, you see him catching balls vertically down the field. Contested catches for ers just don't quite have that guy. So uh, I think that might be some of the frustration. I just think it makes it a lot harder on the offense. They did a good job. But you know, as we're if we're nitpicking Kyle's play calling, I thought for the most part it was really good. It's just everything has to be so in sync. And I think that's the more difficult part. And then when it's not, oh man, it just ends up in the punt. Yep. It's the it's the it's the it's Kyle Shanahan's strength and his weakness is putting it all together and you see this beautifully orchestrated drive. Right. And then when it's not beautifully orchestrated and things get a little muddy and weird and, and wonky, they're like, what the hell is even going on right now? And yeah. it looks like guys are he, bouncing into each other almost. He is trying to get that guy, though. So I see Ben Roberts in the chat right now. He says, throws and move the chains. I think Jimmy Garoppolo did a really good job of that. But Kyle is trying to find that big play guy. So again, got to go all the way back, right? At Marquise Goodwin. Can he be the big play guy? There were some explosive plays with him. He had a great touchdown in the game earlier this morning against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Marquise Goodwin, um, after him, they brought in guy J.J. Nelson. Then he was hurt. Then they brought in Travis Benjamin. He put himself on uh, IR or not reporting because of COVID. Then they brought in Tavon Austin. Then he pulled a hammy or a knee injury, whatever it was. And then now they drafted Danny Gray. So they are looking for that guy that can be the difference in you know being able to stretch the field but so far it hasn't panned out your best guys are just guys that work more to that uh short to uh, intermediate range and they do it at a very high level but again it's just it's a lot harder because if they aren't open then everything is so condensed and it starts to look a little weird i would argue that while those guys some of them run four threes they're still not that player so maybe Kyle's right. trying to get that player, but he's looking in the wrong place still. Because, I mean, right. in fact, Danny Gray is probably the best, like as far as like just watching college tape and how he wins, watching the NFL tape and, and how these guys win. Travis Benjamin, he's fast, but he's not a he's not a downfield guy. He's never been that. He runs four threes, but that's not what he does. Um, uh, Tavon Austin, he's a you know he's a jitterbug catch and run gadget player, kick returner type of guy, right? He's not downfield go get open, make plays. Uh, Danny Gray at least has that speed that is usable downfield that we've seen on the college tape. Um, and obviously he needs, I, I think, to work on some stuff. But um, I, I just, yeah, I would argue that Kyle Shanahan either has a blind spot for that or doesn't like the skill set of guys that give you that because it's so hard. Like Julio Jones can give you that, but it gives you everything else too. And like I think that's what Kyle wants. He's like, well, you have to be able to do this. No, uh, Brian, I got to stop you right there. He did not draft Danny Gray damn near fourth round to say, I want you to be Julio Jones. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying oh, okay. that Kyle Shanahan, to, to really get that complete deep ball guy, you also have to do the rest is what I'm saying Yeah, for for the most part for Kyle Shanahan. So like all these guys, he's brought I, in to run four threes. None of them are good at, none of them are good deep threats. They never have been. So I don't think he's I really think you can be 
Because just, just be tag in. You, I think you could be tag in, who was just fast. Yeah. Took him a and, while. And we saw his game like kind of take off a little bit. Teams. He was only a kick return guy, then kind of found his, but he still wasn't a great downfield guy, but he was fast and eventually made some plays down the field. But dude was a complete bust for the team that drafted him in the top 10 because they're like, oh crap, we just dropped, drafted a fast guy, but he's not really a great receiver, great football player. Came to the Niners, yeah. made some plays at, at, um, down the field, but mostly, you know, kick return type stuff. So even I him. think he got drafted high. I, that might have been the. It was either him or Deshaun Jackson. I can't remember which one was drafted first. Was it? Was it? Yeah. Oh, Ted Ginn was top Ginn 10. Ginn was drafted first. Deshaun and I think Jackson because of him, Deshaun Jackson, I think, took a hit on his draft stock. Oh, right. Because he was like, okay, here's a skinny guy fast, good kick returner, not going to translate to the NFL. But uh, Ted Ginn for Panthers, and I think for the Saints, too. He was like, he uh, was a solid receiver, like third receiver. It was. 49ers just missing that. So I think when people talk about the play calling, when you just don't have that guy that could just hit a team and everything has to be so methodical, which it is right now, I think that's when you start to question Kyle Shanahan, which I think – I don't want to say it's unfair because, I mean, he's a grown man, but he is trying to find that guy. I would I would have problems if he was actually trying to find that guy with with the results because I don't think he's trying that hard or he's looking in the wrong places because yeah the guys he's even trying to put in that role aren't that anyway right because uh, he goes well beyond forty time. Your boy Greg Pinelli says miss my prize picks four catches needed five for Christian McCaffrey we can't win oh man nah that- yeah Greg's been I I don't think he's hit at all since joining prize picks. And he's, he's been with Price Picks. He sends me his picks, and uh, Price Picks is taking all his money. But Price Picks might not I mean, take your money, so make sure you guys sign up with uh, Price Picks uh, pro, uh, promo code locked on. I would have taken that too. I think we need five. We need we need five catches per game plus for Christian McCaffrey. I love what Alex says here. Amenahu and Jennings stepped up tonight, and I, I Amenahu was maybe not a game ball guy, but making that big play when the 49ers needed it. Like that, like nice catch by um, by Hufanga, but that was a man who winning, and he won a few times yeah. t- tonight. That was that was really nice to see. So shout out to Charles Amenahu. He's been a pretty good player for the 49ers. Doesn't really get heralded that much. Um, I've actually got a stat here from Charles Amenahu from Brandon Thorne, who's a, an offensive defensive line guru. And right now, Charles Amenahu is top, coming into this week. Charles Amenahu is top ten in the NFL in snaps per high quality sack among interior pass rushers. And so this is a stat that Brandon Thorne sort of does on his own and he grades each sack. So a sack is not a sack. There's rare, there's high quality sacks, there's low quality sacks, there's coverage sacks, cleanup sacks, you know, so there's a lot of ways you can get a sack and some of them are very different than others. Charles Amenehu top 10 among interior defensive linemen in his uh, high quality sack production per snap because he doesn't get a lot of snaps obviously so uh in his two and a half sacks coming into this week still got him into the top 10 so just want to shout out charles minute who's had a nice season for the 49ers and had a nice game in the game ceiling play tonight and had to play through game banged up he left the game for a little bit jimmy g game ball yeah yeah why not (laughs) and i know that sounds kind of like a backhanded compliment why not why not give jimmy g but i thought 
he made some timely throws. I talked about the off-scripted throw down the field to Ray Ray McLeod. I thought that was awesome. Uh, late in that game, there was some third-down conversions he had to complete. Uh, and we can give a game ball right now to Juwan Jennings, too. So Jimmy Garoppolo to Juwan Jennings multiple times in that fourth quarter. I thought that was really big time. Showed a little bit of that clutchness uh, that some people say are lacking. And uh, uh, I think it was good at the right time. So Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't – okay, what wasn't – like the spectacular performance, but I thought he did a lot of really good things that Kyle Shanahan will probably, when they go over film, he'll be pleased with. Drop Jimmy Garoppolo was as good or better than Justin Herbert in this game. 19 to 28, 240 yards. Uh, he had a, a, a higher average per completion than Justin Herbert did. He had a better quarterback rating than Justin Herbert did in this game, had more passing yards than Justin Herbert did, even though he had uh, a ton fewer attempts, better completion percentage as well so jimmy g played well and with the way justin herbert started this game it was like oh no because that's the thing i thought about was the kansas city games like man maybe this defense is really sound but when there's a, a dude on the other side throwing the football they can make throws that other teams can't and they can maybe dissect that defense and i got a little bit worried that that was maybe the case early in this game and it was not the case after that first drive for justin herbert so yeah shout out yeah. out dueling justin herbert who was like the and I still, I still like Justin Herbert a lot. But coming into this year, it was like, oh, Justin Herbert's going to reach that echelon of Allen, Mahomes, then Herbert. And he hasn't quite had the opportunity to do that this year. Right. Now, he also is missing his top four receivers. Reason, so yeah. that does not help, right? You're missing Guyton. You're missing Allen. You're mi missing Williams and the tight end. But, uh, yeah, you saw some of those throws, and people were in my mentions. They were kind of hitting the panic button. Oh, my gosh, 49ers defense. I'm like, well, I don't think there's a defense for that throw that this guy just made. Uh, so you have to deal with that a little bit. Yeah. But I thought the 49ers rebounded extremely well. And overall, like you said, Jimmy Garoppolo essentially did play better. Like when he needed those timely throws, Jimmy made them as opposed yeah. to uh, Herbert, who did early on first quarter. Sure, if you just stopped the game then, then, yeah, he played much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But – you know, the game is four quarters, and down the stretch, Jimmy Garoppolo made the necessary throws that Justin Herbert, who has all the special talent, didn't. Knees says Greenlaw for inadvertently taking Herbert out of the drive to slow down a touchdown instead of a so getting a field goal instead of a touchdown. Uh, I thought, did you think it was BS that he got kicked out of the game for that? Trey Greenlaw, yeah, yeah, I think, we but of it. course, I'm going to say that. Here's my one pushback on some of the fans that don't truly understand how fast this game is. I have people saying, well. Clearly, his knees are down. He should have held up. Like, do y'all understand how fast this game is moving? It's, it's moving totally at unfair. warp speed. They're and showing however, this place in slow motion. It's like, what? Slow motion? This guy's already, his body's already in, in motion. You can't stop that. That's why right. I thought it was BS that he got kicked out of the game because he was targeting this and all of a sudden that in a split second change to this, which is now helmet to helmet, where it's supposed to be just a shoulder tackle that he was aiming for, clearly. So I didn't think it was egregious enough at all. Maybe throw a penalty, but no way he should have been kicked out for that. That's been my issue, too, with the late slides by quarterbacks. You got a guy that's running full speed, and you're like, all right, he's running full speed at me. I'm going to hit him here. You aim for that area. Next thing you know, the quarterback slides late, and where it was your midsection, now it's your head. And boom, get hit. And they're like, oh, everybody kick him out the game, throw flags. And it's like, man. I was committing to an area that was there originally. <laughs> I, it's, it's so hard to just stop yourself. These guys are big. They fight for extra yardage. They, they carry guys. It's not like he was sliding down. He was going head first. So it's, it's, it's difficult. It's extremely difficult on the defense. I agree with the booth. They said, hey, 
you know, even throwing the flag, it's like, okay, a little questionable. But if you are going to throw a flag, throw the flag. Don't kick the guy out. Troy Vincent thought otherwise. Former NFL player. Former DB at that. Former Come DB on. that's hit some dude's helmet to helmet when it was cool and celebrated too back in the day. They're, 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 they're overcorrecting for some things that happened that is out of Dre, Green, Dre Greenlaw's control. Jimmy Ward, seen nominations. Trent Williams, seen nominations for game balls. All very good ones. Uh, I'm going to give my last game ball to Elijah Mitchell, who led the 49ers in rushing in this game. Almost had double the yards per carry that Christian McCaffrey had. So coming off of injured reserve after the 49ers made this big move for a running back, seeing Elijah Mitchell earn the carries that he did, 18 carries in this game for 89 yards. He was running with purpose. I loved seeing that. So uh, really a lot of guys uh, that you could give a game ball to in this game. Um, and it was a huge win for the San Francisco 49ers. That's the big takeaway here. Game ball two, dub to the to the entire uh, Niners empire for the big dub. You talked about uh, the difference, right? Like what was going to be the difference between Christian McCaffrey and anybody else that 49ers have at running back? It's not going to just be running the ball because you could kind of have anybody do that. And as you can see, Elijah Mitchell run the ball. He runs extremely well. Love the way he ran tonight. It's the pass catching stuff that you don't get uh, maybe from these guys, that element. And we saw that from Christian McCaffrey as well this game. But definitely Elijah Mitchell running the rock. Again, I talked about it earlier. The vision, the patience, setting up blockers, running strong, running through arm tackles. I was like, man, it's good to have Elijah Mitchell back. I think my uh, last game ball will go to Brandon Ayuk. I got to give him a little love because I get it. The one drop. He had to drop. Yeah, he had a fumble. It's kind of hard to give him a game. Uh, I'm not no, gonna lie. Those are two ball. bad. Those are two huge dings. I don't. I'm oh, sorry, guys. I got to take the game ball. Croc he, dangling he the catch. game ball in front of Brian, Brandon Ayuk. And I know. It right back. He he did catch six out of seven targets. The the one pass that wasn't complete to him was the uh, one that hit him in the chest. Mm -hmm. uh, he also, I mean, key play. At the end of the game, running the comeback. How often do we see 49ers run comebacks and throw the yep. ball, right? Like deep stop routes. He ran it, got the necessary yardage, contested catch, kept the ball away from his body, all hands. Uh, so there were a lot of good things that he did, but I guess it can't be overshadowed really with the uh, fumble and the drop. But I will say this, over the last, I don't know, however many games, probably since Atlanta, he has been very consistent in like, hey, you're going to get 80 plus yards from me. And that alone, I mean, if you kind of multiply that production out over an entire season, we're talking about somebody that's being very, very productive. It's crazy. His numbers have been remarkable. It's like six to eight catches, 80 yards for like four or five straight games. Like that's just penciled in, I guess. That's just what he's going to be. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, you said blocking. Great job. Great job. Great job blocking in the run game. So maybe we can give him a lead block for him doing the dirty work and didn't catch a ball today, but – a lot of dirty work and things that he did maybe don't show up in the stat sheet. I thought he did a really good job. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. A ton more to get to about this game. We'll start looking ahead to week 11 as well. Of course, we are coming at you every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you are subscribed up to this podcast. Hit the thumbs up. You're subscribed to Locked On NFL Draft featuring Eric Crocker. I'm doing Peacock and Williamson NFL show every single day here about the entire league on the Locked On Podcast Network. Croc and I back tomorrow right here. Locked On 49ers.